Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. When you come to Orlando, you come with a dream. It inspires you and sparks your imagination. Dreamers built this city. Everywhere you look, there's a sense of wonder. There are places here you won't find anywhere else. This is the story of one of them. 150 years ago, there were 18 people. They had a dream too. They wanted to build something new, something that would do great things. It would give people a place to belong and make a difference in their community. It wasn't always easy. There were hardships along the way, but they had faith and soon others joined the dream. What made them give so much for a future they would never see? What were they building? It's you and me, the people of First Orlando. And none of this would be possible without God. The story isn't over. The dream is alive. God is still doing great things. You can make a difference too. God brought you here for a reason. Not to stay where you are, but to move forward and build his kingdom one life at a time. It's your turn now. Yes, it is. It's our turn. And this is a season that, you know, I believe God has some incredible things waiting on us. Let me give you an example. There used to be, instead of a courtyard out there, there used to be a patch of grass. In fact, it used to be just grass, kids played. Some seniors at TFA one year actually pulled their trucks in there. I won't mention any names, but I'm kin to one of them. Uh, Pulled their trucks in there and camped out and spent the night. And it's just been just a grassy little area. We had a dream that one day it was going to be filled with kids. Well, let me tell you, Friday night, we had family night here. There were 1,000 in that courtyard, in Faith Hall, families having a beautiful time. I mean, it was alive, and it was what we dreamed of. So let me just tell you, it may take a while, but God will do what he promised he would do. And I want you to help me thank God for what's happened so far. As we've continued to get there. And those of you that are streaming today, thank you so much. The opportunity we have to connect with you has been an incredible thing. Just even the last couple of years, I think the Lord has just blown it up. He's magnified it. And we're so thankful to have you. And for those of you in the room, we're, we're sitting here and God has something amazing. But I'm going to tell you what they used to tell me. Son, you've got a lot of potential. Y'all ever been told that? 
You know, when you're a student or an athlete or whatever, I remember coaches tell me, you got a lot of potential. You know what that means? You're not really good right now, but we think one day it could happen. Potential means nothing if you don't seize it, if you don't take a step and go get it. They can tell you you got potential, but if you take potential and go to Starbucks, it'll cost you $7 to get a latte, I promise you. It means nothing. But this church, every time there's been potential, every time there's been a moment, you know what this church has done? For 150 years, this moment says, this church has said, we'll take that moment. We'll take that. They've taken a step. So let me tell you what that means. I saw a research paper that was written about churches across the country that are connected to our network, that are Baptist churches. 45,000 churches in that network. Here was what they asked. How many of those churches are older than 70 years? We doubled that, but older than 70 years. And they've been a big church. They've maintained over 2,000 for multi-generations. And you know how many churches they found out of 45,000? thousand seven churches and we happen to be one of the seven that God has blessed over the generations now what does that mean that just means that before us people seize the moment before us they took the step I promise you we didn't get here walking backwards we didn't get here backing up we got here by saying, God, we're going after you. We're going we're gonna to do it. And I believe we're going to do it this time. In fact, I have some good news for you. Everything we need for this year's vision with here, there, and everywhere that involves our kids building, involves our children's ministry, as well as missions, you've already seen. We get to send missionaries all over the world. There's going to be Love Orlando projects in the city. We've got all Horizon West is moving into the high school today. I mean, there's so many things that are happening, and I believe we already have the resources. We already have everything we need to accomplish the dreams for this year. I do. I believe it. We already got it. And I thought y'all might applaud when I said, we already got it. <laughs> Just kidding. Somehow when you have to beg for it, it's not the same. But anyway, there's only one problem. It's still in your pocket. Am I right? The potential's there, but it's still in our pocket. So that means we got to take a step. That means we got to do something. We got to move. Something's got to move us to say, you know what, I'm going. Well, it's just like these stones when they got to the river. And Joshua said, we're about to cross that river. And by the way, last week it was, I think, one of the coolest things to celebrate 150 years, have Brother Jim here, just be able to talk about history and to be able to sing and worship and thank God for 150 years. It was a great day. It was. These stones can come out of Joshua, the first few chapters. So when they got to the river, what I didn't mention last weekend is the river today, if you go over to the Jordan River, it's actually it's from here to you. There are places I could jump across the River Jordan. And it was small then, but if you read the scripture, they came to the river at the wrong time. 
It was spring and it was flooded. And so they got this big old flood, huge river in front of them. And God said, I got this. And he points over, literally Joshua points over the river and said, that's the promised land right there. We got to go get it. And they're standing there on their riverbank and God tells them, okay, start walking. Get your feet wet. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have said, well, God, can't you do that? And then we walk across. I mean, can't you give us dry ground? God said, start walking. Get your feet wet. And when the soles, the feet, and the ankles are covered, the priest carrying the ark, I will part this river. And just to make sure you don't forget what I do, grab 12 stones out of this river and pile them up on the other side so you never forget what I did. Well, I want us to go to the first chapter of Joshua where he tells them it's time to walk. It's time to go. Chapter 1 of Joshua, if you've got a device handy, if you've got a Bible, go to Joshua chapter 1. And I want to read the opening verses to kind of set up what they were looking at. So I'm, I'm going to start in verse 1 and read down to verse 3. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over to this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them, to the in the land that I'm giving them to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given it to you just as I promised Moses. So basically he's saying, go get it. It's the promised land. Now, we call it the promised land. Hebrews 11, 9, verse 9 calls it the promised land. But I got a question for you. If it's promised land, why did they have to fight for it? Does that not sound strange? If it's promised land, how, how come they had to cross a river? If it's promised land, why was it a struggle? Because there's value in the struggle. There are lessons to be learned. I just think there are incredible lessons in the struggle and... As a friend of ours who comes and helps us quite often, Tyler Reagan from Atlanta, says this. When you're in the middle of that struggle, sometimes you want relief, but what you need is revelation. And I'll tell you what the revelation is. Jesus is your promised land. He's the promise of the land. The more I think about this land and the more I think about the way God said it, I think the promised land is just the fact that Jesus is the promise. And this is the land he's going to give you. Toby Mac wrote a song, Promised Land. It's new. You, you got to hear it. And basically he's saying, where's my promised land? You know, he lost a son and a terrible, terrible death. And, he, and he, he wrote this song out of it. Where's my promised land? Where's my promised land? And then he says, now I realize through all these seasons, Jesus, you are my promised land. You see, what they didn't realize is that when they started walking, God was going to meet them every step. And the real joy of that journey was him, not land, him. 
So they were to walk. They were to take those steps. We looked at last week a, a, a quote literally from Faulkner, William Faulkner. He basically said, life's not about making monuments. Instead, it's about making footprints. A monument only says, at least we got this far, while a footprint says, this is where I was when I moved again. My prayer that during here, there, and everywhere, which is about children, which is about the next generation, which is about those who don't know, which is about our city, which is about all that we're doing, I pray we'll look back and we'll go, that's when we moved again. And maybe you haven't been a part of it and you hadn't really you know, followed and, and you're not sure what all is happening. It's a great season. It started over a year ago and we made commitments and, and we started the journey and we got a building completely renovated that's open today and a courtyard that's completely changed from that grass to just a beautiful environment for families and, and for kids and for guests. But we're not through. There's more land. And he's basically saying, wherever you walk, I'll give it to you. So today, it comes down to this. Are we willing to take the step? Are you willing to take a step? Before you do, remember three things. Number one, remember who God is. The one who called you. The one who is calling you to take a step. Remember who he is. We're going to go back to the text. And I want you to look at what he says in these verses about himself. I'm reading now in verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Let me remind you three things simply about the God you're serving today. Number one, he's all-powerful. No man can stand against him. He's all-powerful. He told him, nobody can stand against you when I'm with you. And he's still the same God. All-powerful. Number two, unchanging. He says, just as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. You know, the good news is, the God who started this place 150 years ago is still God today. He's still here. And he's still working. The God who delivered them. And gave that miraculous crossing of the Jordan River. He's still the same God. He doesn't change. And what he did then, he can do now. And then, remember, he is ever present. He said, I'll be with you. I will never leave you. I will not forsake you. In other words, when you take that step and you're not sure how it's going to turn out, guess what? He's right there. I mean... You don't have to worry about it. He's got you. He's there. And he will always be there. Even Jesus said, I will be with, with you even until the ends of the earth. So remember the God who's asking us to take the step. The second thing, remember what he tells us to do. What does he tell us to do? It's pretty simple. Verse 6. Be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Now, he's talking to Joshua himself because Joshua is a young man. He's very young and he's intimidated. Moses is dead. He's gone. And now Joshua's got to lead these people and he's going, it's okay. Just be strong. Be courageous. Then the next verse, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do everything according to the law that my Moses servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right 
or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it day and night and do be careful to do according to what is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Man, we ought to run through a wall if that's the God who is calling us, right? I mean, he gives us all the assurance. Be strong. Be courageous. Says it three times, four verses. You think he was trying to get the point across? Be strong. Be courageous. Now, it's not your strength. You may feel as weak as a kitten. That's fine, because that's when God's really at his best. Remember what Paul said? Paul said in, in 2 Corinthians, when he was weak, God was strong. So it's not our strength. It is his strength. Be strong in the name of the Lord and be courageous. Be willing to take the risk. Be willing to say, God, I'm going to do it. It, it looks crazy to me, but I'm going to do it because you told me to do it. And then he said, and don't forsake the book. Do everything that I have told you to do. So I what I would say is what Matthew said, what Danny said last week. You do whatever God tells you to do. As we make commitments, as we say, this is what I believe the, that I should do this year. Man, just do what God tells you to do. That's what, that's what he told him. That's all he's asking. What else can we do? But what God tells us. And notice he says, don't you go to the right or go to the left. You meditate on the book of the law. Now, let me tell you what the book of the law was. It was the first five books of the Bible called the books of Moses. Okay. Deuteronomy is the last one. If you look on the other side of the page from Joshua chapter one, there's Deuteronomy. They had the teaching of Moses. They had that. And so he's calling it the book of the law. For us, it's this book. It's the revealed word of God in the scriptures, in the Bible. And I can tell you there are a lot of voices that are out there calling for you. And there are a lot of voices from the left. We always like to get all torqued over them, you know, and stand up as conservatives and say, man, we got to stand against that. There's also voices from the right there's only one way to go, straight according to this book. That is why we will forever open this book every weekend and we will teach the Word of God because it is unchanging, infallible, and it will never fail us. So li don't listen to the noise. You get this. And, and he says, meditate on it. Did you see that? Meditate on it day and night. You know, that's not the word for read it and then forget it. You know what the word meditate is? Now, in our day, it meditate's gotten all jacked up because of weird things that happened with meditation. But God owned it before it ever, you know, was misused. Let me tell you what the word means in Hebrew. Have you ever seen a cow just laying down or stand there and chewing? What's it chewing? Say it louder. Cud. As a kid growing up, I used to call it cud. Cud. He's chewing cud. What is cud? 
It's breakfast. <laughs> That's what it is. It's whatever the cow has just eaten. And the way that God made them, they, they regurgitate it. And then they just chew on it. I just think Captain Crunch gets better, man. You just, just keep chewing on it. Bran flakes. Can we just keep chewing on it? Whatever it is. That's what it means. And meditate means you keep chewing on it. That means you read a verse in the morning. And you just keep chewing on it all day long. You keep meditating. Did I say a verse? Yeah, a verse. I would rather us read one verse and meditate all day than to read nine chapters and forget everything we read when we walked out the door, right? The point of this word is that you have to let it run around in your head. You got to let it really get into you. So he says meditate on it. We can do that. And then do whatever it says. Whatever the Lord tells you to do. I had a man walk up to me this morning. And he said, is Danny here? And I said, no, Danny's not here today. And he said, well, I, I, I had something for him. I told him I was going to give him. But he said, let me, let me give it to you. He said, my wife and I were thinking about you leaving the, our will, creating a, a place for the church to be honored and blessed in, in our will. And then we both looked at one another and said, well, why do we have to die to be a blessing to our church? And he's got a check. And he said, we decide to go ahead and do it now because we believe the Lord told us to. And he handed me this check. And I opened it. Guys, it's a big check. And you know why he did it? The Lord told him to do it. That's the only reason. It made more sense to him. The Lord spoke. He did it. All I'm saying is do whatever he says. Now, let me show you something. I skipped verse 4, and I skipped it for a reason. Go back to verse 4. This is the land. This is the kind of the, the, the geography of the land. Verse 4 says, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. In other words, God's saying, that's the land. It's right over there. Go get it. Did you know Israel never occupied that whole land? They never got that whole land. Why? They didn't take it. They didn't go get it. Now, they went and got land. I mean, there, there was a promised land. But this land is bigger than anything they ever actually occupied. And there are many theologians that believe they did not take God at his word. There was disobedience. There was failure on their part. Listen, can you imagine what God has waiting on you? It's bigger than you can imagine. But don't get to the day when your last day comes and think, wow, I missed a lot of the land God had for me. Why? Because you didn't do what he said. I think as a church, God has incredible things for us, but we got to take a step. And so remember the God who's asking us to do it, and remember what he asked us to do. Just do what he says. And the third thing, remember what he promised. You know what he promised? You'll have success. Verse 8 says, then I will bring you success at whatever you do. And even in verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. The NIV says everywhere you set your foot. Listen, I believe this. God has called us to start walking. 
And he's called us to walk by faith. And he said, I'll give you that land. So let's imagine they're standing there by the river. They're getting ready to go in the river and get the rocks and pile them up on the other side. But they're standing there by the river. And if they went, uh, yeah, you know, Lord, I'd really like that promised land. I think this is a great plan. But they never moved. They would have never had the land at all. You got to move. You got to take a step. You say, well, yeah, my life's pretty good. Oh, you can't imagine what God has for you. What you have now, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those who love him. There's more. But you got to move. You got to walk. And so when you start walking, then you'll understand it. So wherever you set your foot is meaning take a step. My doctors told me last year in 2020, some of you may not remember, I went through open heart surgery, I went through brain surgery, I have a tumor removed, and I went through another abdominal surgery, and I'm still standing. So let me tell you how it happened. God was good to me, I know that, but this is what every doctor told me. My heart doctor said, you have got to exercise. And I told her, I said, well, I've always, I mean, I love, I, I, that's not a problem. I've always done that. And then I asked her this question, is it possible for me to do too much to, that I will hurt my heart? And she goes, you can't hurt it. So for over a year, every morning I have a rule. When the sun comes up, I better be moving. I'm either going to be swimming laps. I'm going to be walking. I'm going to be on a bike. I'm either going to be on an elliptical. I'm going to be on a rowing machine. Every morning, I'm going to move. And that's exactly what I've done. I think I'm in better shape today than I've been in my whole 16 years that I've been here as pastor. Because I moved every day. Now, let me tell you something. Before you say, oh, that's, that's awesome. No. Not one day have I felt like moving. Not one of them did I wake up going, oh, man, I can't wait to get out there. And no. Laying there in bed like, oh, gosh, do I have to do it today? Yes. Here's what I've learned. It takes a lot longer to feel your way into obedience. But if you will obey your way into feelings, it happens quicker. What do you mean? Have you ever gone to church, come to church when you didn't want to, and when you got here, you're like, man, I'm so glad I came. Have you ever got up and exercised, or whenever you exercise, and after you did it, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I did that. That's how it works. You won't know until you take the step. That's when you see God work. That's when God begins to change you. And that's when you get the promise of the promised land, which is Jesus himself. He meets you as you take that step. So I have a friend that we lost to COVID. Man, he was a close friend. Never dreamed he'd be gone. He was in great health. Flew up to Boston with his wife. He was finally at a place where they could travel and enjoy life. Flew up there to go on a cruise. He tested positive before they got on the cruise ship, and they said, you got to quarantine. And in the quarantine period, the symptoms came on. He ended up in Boston General Hospital, and he never, get, he never got out. It was one of the hardest funerals I've ever done, and I read this at his funeral. This is a text. I made a copy of it. A text he sent me when I was going through all my surgeries. This is the text he sent me. He said, we're continuing to pray for you. 
Keep total faith. You're in the best hands under God's plans. Now, his name is Chuck Romanoli. His whole family, great family. And then he said this. We just got to get you over your surgery and get you healed up. Our doors back open and our pews full. No more taking anything for granted. No more taking anything for granted. Let me just beg you. No more taking anything for granted. I, as Matthew was up here talking about this card, guys, this, this may be the last one. This may be the last campaign I'm ever part of. You say, well, why do you think that? Because I went through 2020. I'm on a bike ride and crash, and I end up with a brain tumor, open heart surgery, and everything else. You don't know what tomorrow holds. But I know I got this minute, and I'm not taking it for granted. I'm going to do something that's going to honor him. There's a couple who've been coming here, and they, they heard us talk about it a year ago, here, there, and everywhere. And he looked at her and said, we're going we're gonna to give because I want our kids to grow up in that. They didn't have any kids. For six years, they've been going to infertility doctors. But they said, we want to be a part of that. And they made a commitment. And you know what he told me this week? Since that commitment, the Lord has doubled their income. They paid off all the infertility doctors. They're still going through it. But they said, we're going to adopt. Even if we do get pregnant, we're adopting because one of our children is going to get to grow up in that building and that ministry. That's what I mean. Take a step. Believe it. Walk by faith. Even if you can't see how you're going to do it, he sees. You just got to take the step. I want you to bow with me. As our heads are bowed, Father, what do you want us to do? We're just asking you, what do you want us to do? Because we know the only way we will have success is if we do what you ask. So, Lord, we're ready to take that step. Right there where you're seated. Ask him right now. What do I need to do? One of those that just was baptized, the Lord spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, said, get baptized. Another one that was baptized, been in this church for 40 years. And today he got baptized. Is the Lord telling you to take a stand, be baptized? Do it. Is the Lord telling you to get involved? I had a couple this morning. They've been here ever since I've been here. And they said, we want to join the church. What is he telling you to do? Now look this way just a moment. Whatever he says. You know why I tell you to do it? You know why I believe we ought to do it? Because those stones were set on the bank to remind them God can do it. He did it once. He can do it again. He's just as good today as the day he started a church 150 years ago. He's still as good today as this day when he called his people to cross the land and claim the promised land. He's just as good today as the day you first met him. You believe that? Amen. Well, today, they're going to sing us out with a song that just says, he's just as good. In fact, there's a line that says, I will build an altar and stack it stone by stone because every Ebenezer, you know what an Ebenezer is? Not Scrooge. 
Ebenezer is a memorial, a monument, but more memorial. Stones stacked up to say, our God is just as good as he always has been. So as they began to sing, you can sit and listen to it. Think about what is it God wants you to do. October the 31st, we're going to have a great time to make that commitment. We're also going to celebrate something. What is October 31st? That's what I thought you would say. It's called Hallowed Eve. And the next day, November 1st, is All Saints Day. On that day, October 31st, a young priest, a German priest, stood up, nailed something on the door of the church, and said, I have found the answer. The only way you can be made righteous is through faith and the grace that God gives us. His name is Martin Luther. That's the day. We're going to celebrate grace on that day, and we're going to give out of grace. Hey, thank you for being here. See you next weekend. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.